The following dramatization is an excerpt from Preparedness 101, Zombie Pandemic by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. In other words, it does not represent an actual news report. There is no actual zombie apocalypse. Yet. We're pregnant. Bro, do you even live? I can't eat another one. One is usually bigger than the other. It tastes awful. It won't hurt a Wait, bit. Why is it leaking? Did you Whoa. hear that? That's that was not ugly. there yesterday. Have a second of it's it's totally my natural hair color. Is that supposed to look like that? Don't worry. Deadly. I'm Terrell. And I'm Iris. Welcome to Health Science for the Rest of Us, a podcast where we take a super practical look at the body, its shenanigans, and the world of fascinating ways we try and keep it healthy. This definitely won't replace a trip to your doctor's office, but it may help you make heads or tails of how to live in your body better. More important than that, this podcast will help you look like a total badass at your next Facebook debate. You did it again. We can edit that later. Let's, Let's do, do this. Other news. Several people have been hospitalized after a strange virus began spreading rapidly through the southeast. Scientists haven't identified the virus yet, but symptoms include slow movement, slurred speech, and violent tendencies. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is recommending that people distance themselves from anyone displaying these symptoms. They are also recommending families gather emergency supplies and make plans in case they are asked to evacuate. You can get more information at emergency.cdc.gov. Quarantine efforts here in Riley haven't done much to contain the spread of the virus. Over half of the city is now infected, and new cases are showing up throughout the southeast. southeast. This is a very grave and dangerous situation. The governor has declared a state of emergency and has activated the National Guard. The governor is urging everyone who is not showing symptoms to stay in their homes and keep their doors locked. The CDC is working with local health departments on a vaccine. Until then, bunker down and don't go outside unless you have to. Warnings have been issued for dozens of counties by the area hospitals is being overrun. Warnings, warning, warnings have been warnings have been issued. Stay in your homes. Do not go outside. If you or your family are showing symptoms such as slowed movement, slurred speech, or violent or violent behaviors, isolate them to a secured area of the house. Stay tuned for more information on where to go. Stay in your home. Dr. Green, I was just on my way to the lab. Have we isolated the sample from the state yet? Yes. The health department sent it in Monday, and we've managed to map the virus's DNA. It appears to be a highly mutated form of the flu. They've labeled it 25N1. The zombie virus is spreading rapidly, infecting 21 people for every infected person. Continues to spread. CDC is urging everyone to practice isolation. Stay in your homes. If you must leave, go directly to a designated safe zone. Vaccines will be shipped to the safe zones as soon as they are ready. Stay tuned for a list of the safe zones in your area. 
CDC shipped out its first supply of vaccines against the novel virus that has been raging our nation. The first round of the first round should reach safe zones as early as this evening. The story plot you just heard was taken from a very well-done graphic novel produced by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. It's called Preparedness 101, Zombie Pandemic, and inside, readers are challenged to consider whether we'd be ready if our own country experienced a real-life nationwide natural disaster, a disaster that left us stranded inside our homes for a week or more or eventually required us to venture outside during the emergency to seek alternate food or shelter or safety. Ask yourself, if you needed to get out of Dodge suddenly, would you have a plan? Chances are, many of the humans do not have a plan. Up until recently, I certainly didn't. But that's okay, because there are some great tips and advice on how to prepare ahead of time so you can keep you and your family safe and healthy during an emergency. The first thing the CDC recommends is that we all have emergency kits in our homes in case we need to shelter in place during the first few days of the zombie emergency. And the kits should include items like flashlights, batteries, and a gallon of water per person per day. They should also include things you may not have thought of, like an extra set of keys for the car, and maps for your area. The point of the emergency kit is to hold you over until you can get to an evacuation shelter or until utilities like power and running water come back on. Once you've got your emergency kit packed, the CDC recommends that you sit down with your family to create an emergency plan. The plan should include researching the types of disasters that are possible in your area, picking a place to regroup in case the zombies invade your home, identifying emergency contacts, and planning an evacuation route, and backup alternate routes, in case you have to get out of town quickly using a route other than the one you originally planned. When a disaster strikes, all sorts of challenges can arise and they can vary based on the type of disaster. Wildfires can pose different threats than floods, severe weather emergencies can have different dangers than disease outbreaks, and a zombie apocalypse would pose its own, very unique challenges. Lots of us get prepared for these emergencies by stocking up on canned goods and making sure we have battery-powered radios to weather the emergency while we wait for rescue. But one thing that can quickly take a disaster situation from bad to worse is when we are not prepared to rescue ourselves. Recently, various groups, including the military, sought to study how victims and survivors behaved during disasters that took place around the world during the past few decades. Through their research, they learned that across several dozen life-threatening disaster situations, around 75% of the people involved became so bewildered that they were unable to think clearly or plot their escape. Another 10% became hysterical, threatening the safety and survival of everyone else. 
and only 15% remained calm enough to try and figure out how to save lives. This was the case even though most people had the same resources and physical ability to escape their circumstances. Survival experts like Dr. John Leach have used this data to explore how everyday people like us can prepare mentally for the zombie apocalypse. Or, you know, earthquakes and hurricanes and whatever. Whether it's plane crashes, sinking ships, or zombies, in extreme situations, people often behave in the same irrational way. They carry on as if nothing out of the ordinary is happening, or they wait around to find out what's going on. Half of the survivors who were studied after 9-11 reportedly did things like making phone calls, tidying their desks, finishing emails, locking doors behind them, and taking bathroom breaks before heading for the emergency exits. Psychologists believe this seemingly odd behavior results from our brains being unable to adapt quickly to sudden changes in our environment. So to prepare to overcome this, experts recommend that we practice establishing survival goals and being ready to work together as a team. When we're under stress because our lives are in danger, we don't think as well as usual. Sometimes we get mentally paralyzed and can't make decisions. Other times we make poor decisions because our clouded judgment prevents us from seeing the better option. In order to override this reaction, psychologists recommend that we practice mental shortcuts that make certain actions feel more like reflexes. If you're boarding a ship to sail away from a zombie-infested city, for example, Practice walking to your designated lifeboat station. That way, if the zombies manage to stow away and overtake the ship, you can walk directly to the lifeboat without having to think much about it or be slowed down trying to figure out where it is. Another trick is to be prepared to cooperate with the survivors around you. We often see panicked crowds trampling one another like crabs in a barrel when emergency situations are portrayed on TV. But in real life, studies have shown that in a crisis, people are much more likely to help each other rather than hurt one another for their own gain. So if you find yourself bunkered down in a school or another makeshift shelter, make a point to start meeting the people you're sheltering with. Try to learn their names and start talking about how you can work together when the zombies get restless in a few hours and start testing the perimeter fences. Other studies show that this shared attitude of helping and maintaining unity makes a big impact on survival rates and actually speeds up evacuations. Perhaps the best advice psychologists give involves a simple exercise to prepare to stave off shock. Deep shock can occur in an emergency when we basically shut down and do nothing or wait too long to be rescued at the very moment we need to be figuring out how to rescue ourselves. In order to rehearse jump-starting our brains to respond quickly in stressful situations, Dr. Leach suggests we practice imagining the answer to the following question. If something were to happen right now, what would my first step be? 
Dr. Leach says that if we can answer that first question, everything else will just fall into place. So to practice right now, consider this. If my power went out in my neighborhood while I was live streaming a news report about zombies overrunning my local hospital, what would my first step be? A little dramatic, sure, but what was the first idea that popped into your head? I'll bet it was both realistic and constructive, and I'll bet it could still apply if the emergency involves something more realistic, like a flood or a chemical spill. If it doesn't, no worries. The whole point of the exercise is to get practice thinking about these things. It's like a fire drill for your brain. And since we're not likely to have to face an actual emergency, we've got plenty of time to practice again. So there you have it. The moral of this story is that luck favors the prepared. And that means physically prepared and mentally prepared. We've talked about some strategies for getting prepared, but if you'd like to see more, including the CDC's full emergency kit checklist, you can click on the link in this episode's show notes or visit our website at healthscienceforeveryone.com. Click on the podcast link and scroll down until you see the Adventures in Zombie Preparedness episode. That's all for now. Stay tuned, everybody. Please tell the zombies not to eat the other humans' brains. The humans need brains to listen to the podcast so I don't have to go back to my day job. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Health Science for the rest of us. If you like what you heard, be a pal and spread the love by sharing this podcast with a friend. If you're not sure how or if your friend just needs some help, you can both get some quick tips from our fun YouTube tutorial. Just tap on the link in the show notes from this episode. To learn more about the show in general, or to see some pretty hilarious health memes and videos, stop by our website at healthscienceforeveryone.com. We're also on Facebook in the group section and on Twitter under the name Health Science Podcast. That's all one word. For a limited time, Health Science for the rest of us, listeners, can save 20% on all NZT products at my online store by entering the promo code DARK42TOWERBEAMSUNSHINESTRAIN. No, 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 I told you we're not doing that. My apologies. www.irisspecialtystoreforthingshumansbyclearhealth.com Iris! Sorry. I'm hitting the button now. Is that how my voice sounds? Easter egg time. In modern TV shows, movies, and books, zombies are often the result of some kind of virus that gets spread when zombies bite humans or gets zombie body fluids like blood on a human. The rest of the time, humans in storytelling become zombies because of radiation or make-believe versions of real-life conditions such as mad, cow disease, measles, or rabies. In real life, though, the original zombie folklore sprung up out of religious mashups that happened when people brought to the West Indies as slaves were forced to convert to Catholicism. At the time, zombie was a general term for a ghost or spirit or a person who seemed dead because their soul had been stolen. Being a zombie was said to result from a person's soul being stolen through magic or hypnosis in order to make that person more easily controlled for slave work.
Many scholars who study the history of zombies believe this aspect of folklore may have been part of the enslaved people's psychological reaction to the trauma of endless forced labor. Be sure to listen to the end of future episodes for other Easter eggs. <laughs>